it's, it's even better to feel the love one for another, and I do appreciate all that. I want to ask a question this morning. Don't want nobody answering out or, or anything, but I just want you to think about it for a moment. This past week that we just went through, did the devil try you? <coughs> did he use some of his arsenal, whoever, whatever it may be, or did he try to get you to see him? What was your attitude and your reactions to that sin or sins? He don't just try it one way. If he can't get it one way, he'll try it another way. If he can't get it by using one person or one thing, he's very skilled. You know, someone said, well, I'm never tempted to sin. That person needs to uh, read God's word a little more and find out exactly what sin is. Because if the devil is bold enough, if Satan is bold enough to go after Christ himself when he was in the human form, then we got to ask ourselves, why is he going to spare us? There's usually one answer. He's already got us. So we need to just think about our attitude and the way we handle these temptations because we're going to have them. We're going to have them. Regular. Now, I've talked with you in the past about uh, Miss Noah, Noah's wife, and gave a lesson on that. I've talked to you about a couple of other people, but this morning, I've talked to you a little bit briefly about her. But after reading over and studying all, it seems like you can always come up with a different lesson that we can learn from God's Word. It's sort of like TV. You got your main actors, and then you got your sporting actors. We got our main lesson we can uh, get out of God's Word. And then we have other lessons in our life. Like this morning, when uh, Brother Reggie was, was teaching his class and all, I just called a whole different lesson you know, that I hadn't thought of before. But what I'm talking to you this morning about is Miss Joe. Don't know much about her. Don't know her name, so I'm going to refer to her as Miss uh, Joe. She's a tool of Satan. Now, study of Miss Joe may involve a look at, at those close to her life in the complete context of the verses surrounding reference to her in the Bible because she's not specifically named and there's not very much information on her that we can get. Thus, even though Miss Joe, as I said, is not even mentioned in the book of Job until chapter 2 of the book of Job, we will gather in some background information from chapter 1. So this morning, if you want to kind of follow along, I'm going to be in Job, the book of Job. First of all, we find in the opening verses of the book of Job, Job 1 and 1, that Job was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Then we see in uh, verse 2 of chapter 1 that Job, Job was blessed with seven sons and three daughters. Furthermore, Job was a very rich man. He owned, owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yokes of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very great household, Job 1 and 3. He was considered one of the greatest men of the East. Now, Satan challenged God, stating that, Does Job fear God for naught? Hath not thou made a hedge about him, 
and about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the works with his hands, and the substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Job 1, 9 through 11. Now knowing that Job would withstand the test, God accepted the child. Tell her, Satan, to do as you wish to Job, with one exception. Satan was not allowed to touch or harm the physical body of Job, Job 1 and 12. Now then, we see now where it's all starting to come together. A messenger rushes to Job, telling him that thieves stole all of his oxen and his donkeys, and that the servant tending the animals were killed. And before the, that messenger finished speaking, another man rushed in, explaining that fire from heaven consumed all the sheep and the servants watching over them. And while this man was, was speaking, another messenger came proclaiming that robbers stole all the camels, and those servants were also killed. And then the most heart-wrecking message of all was delivered. Job's children were killed when a great wind blew the house down, killing all of them. Job 1, 14 and 9 through 19. Now Job did not react as Satan had planned. Job 1 and 20 tells us, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. We have to ask ourselves, are we that stronger, is our, uh, that stronger a person in our faith to God that when all of this hits us at one time, are we going to fall down and worship God? Or are we going to be one of those that blames God, that curses God when something's not going my way? And it said that, uh, you know, we won't, we'll die for Christ. I'll die for you, but then we have the attitude, but I want to pick the time that I do it in the way that I, I actually do it. Can't do that. But here we see that Job didn't uh, re react the way that Satan planned. Job showed his grief by tearing his coat and shaving his head. Then he worshiped his God, stating, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1 and 21. Now, through, all, though, through all that Job lost, he didn't blame God. And we can see here that he didn't lose his faith in God. However, Satan's crafty. He's not going to give up too easy. He was not finished. He again challenged God. Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath, will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. Job 2, 4, and 5. Now we also go see here in Job 2, and six, that God replied to Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Satan afflicted Job with severe boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Job's response was to sit in ashes and scrape the sores with broken pottery. Job 2, 7, and 8. Now again, once again, Job did not blame God for his afflictions. However, Guessed it. Satan had one more trick up his sleeve. Job 2, 9 and 10. Then said, then said his wife unto him, Dost thou 
still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest of one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Satan chose not to take Job's wife from him for a reason. He had plans for her. She was going to be used to further tempt Job to renounce God. According to uh, the New Unger's Bible Dictionary, several kinds of boils are mentioned in the Bible. Job was probably inflicted with simpler boils, which may be singular or come out in large numbers as successive uh, crops. Job 2 and 7, New International Version says swords. But causing such suffering and some danger actually to the patient, the person is suffering. Now this consists of a core, which is a gangrenous uh, bit of skin and the self-care tissue. I'm telling you all this, I want you to get in the same effect. I want you to see exactly what Job is. This is not like a little prick with a, uh, a sticker or maybe a little, what we, we get the red bugs in this area and all. This right here is some serious, some serious rules. I see my sister used to, uh, to get the, the rashes and everything. And you know, I just I just felt so bad for her and everything. And I was right here, but here we see them that that these actually have a core in them, and they're surrounded by angry and the inflated and supplant molecule, which uh, finally they burst open and let out the core. After the seed of the boar heals, it leaves a permanent scar. The International Standard Bible Dictionary explains to the full extent of this disease inflicted upon Job. Job's body is said to have been covered with itchy, irritating sores which made his face unrecognizable, Job 2 and 12. It's caused by a, a continual burning pain, 3 and 24, 6 and 4, which were infected with maggots in 7 and 5. And then it held a nauseous uh, odor, 19 and 17. We see that his sleep was disturbed, destroyed, and his nervous system enfeebled in 3 and 26. Now, and so that he required assistance to move as he sat in his ashes to an eight. Miss Job lost all her wealth in the course of a few hours. That same day, she lost all ten of her children in a sudden catastrophic windstorm. Then she was subjected to watch her husband physically suffer extreme pain and agony. And she experienced as well, the emotional pain of losing great wealth. And it says she lost her husband too. Satan seized a moment to tempt her and used her to turn her against her husband. Now, Miss Job admonished her husband to curse God and die. Fortunately, Job's faith in God was very strong. He lovingly rebuked his wife for her foolish words. He explained that if they accepted the blessings from God, then they must be willing to receive the afflictions also. In other words, Job did not curse God in 19 and 17. He said, My breath is strange to my wife, though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body. 
The exact length of time that lapsed after Miss Job encouraged Job to renounce God is, is unknown. But in the previous chapters, we find a lengthy discussion with Job and three of his friends who supposedly came to, to comfort him. Eventually, their conversation turns to accusations rather than words of comfort. Chapter 19 begins with Job offering complaints towards his friends and others with whom he had recent contact. Among these individuals was his wife. Job's breath had become so offensive due to the physical condition that even his wife turned away when he spoke to her. Albert Barnes made the following observation about the relationship of Miss Job and her husband when he said, I appealed to her by all that was tender in a domestic relation, but in vain. From this it was seen that even his wife had regarded him as an object of, of divine displeasure and it also left him to basically go through all this and suffer alone. Now the appeal to his wife was found on a relationship which they had stained together. Though they were now dead, he referred to their former united attachments to them, to the common affliction which they had experienced in their loss. And in the view of all their former love to them and all the sorrow that they experienced in their death of the children, he made an appeal to his wife to show him kindness, but in vain. And apparently Job pleaded with her to come to him, reminding her of the love they shared in the birth of their children, reminding her of the pain that they jointly suffered in the death of those children. Since there is no other mention of her attention towards him, his, plea, his pleading must have fallen on deaf ears. Now Satan was still using Job's wife. She pro uh, progressed from a temper in chapter 2 to a tormentor in chapter 19, 31 and 10. We see that, that let my wife grab into another and let others bow down to her. In chapter 29, Job lists the great blessings bestowed upon him by God. Chapter 30 lists the great affliction Job suffered. Job used chapter 31 to pathetically demonstrate his conviction of his innocence and that sin was not the cause of these afflictions. Albert Barnes made the following observation. He said, let her be subjected to the deepest humiliation and degradation. Probably Job could not have found language which would have more empathetically express the sense of enormity of this crime or his perfect consciousness of innocence. The last thing which a man would impact on himself would be that which is specified in this verse. <laughs> Albert is going to say that the word grind here means to crush, to beat small, then to grind as in a hand mill. Judges 16, 21, Numbers 11 and 8. This is usually the work of the female and the slaves. The meaning here is, let my wife be the meal, rich to another. Let him let, uh, be his just slave and be treated by him with the deepest indignity. Now, Job was not suggesting that his wife be harshly punished. Rather, he was referring to the severe humiliation both he and his wife would endure after such an an honorable position in life as outlined in chapter 29. 
Now, now here, Joe's wife, Miss Joe, was tempted, had tempted her husband to sin by encouraging him to curse God and die. He be, she became his tormentor when she failed to comfort him and did not allow him to comfort her in the loss of her children. Possessions and place of honor in society. Through all of this, Job still showed love and <coughs> kindness towards his wife. What I want to look at right quickly in the remaining time is how we can use some of her this attitude that we've seen in Miss Job. How we can see the reactions that Job had towards all of this that was happening to him. How we can actually use it in our own lives when we are faced with with situations. Now, first of all, Miss Job was a temper. Satan is the most cunning temper since the days of creation, and he uses others to assist him in pulling God's children into sin. Now, after Satan lured Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, he used her to tempt Adam, her husband, to sin. In Genesis chapter 3, now, Abraham encouraged Sarah to sin the state that she was his sister rather than his wife in Genesis 12, 13 and Genesis 20 and 13. Ananias tempted Sapphira to sin when they lied about the purchase price from their land that they sold in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Sin and temptation have existed almost from the beginning of time. Miss Job was one of the many individuals that Satan used to lure others to him. Miss Job lost everything, her children, her possession, her position in the community, and in a sense, she lost her husband who said, and I should riddle with pain. Satan saw her vulnerability and used it to his advantage. He caused her to doubt God, and in turn, she encouraged Job to curse God and die. I went to ask question, why would Miss Job suggest such an awful thing to her husband? Perhaps watching him suffer from her, her, her great pain, she wanted to ease his suffering as well as her own suffering. Possibility like Job's three friends, she might have thought that Job had sinned and by cursing God, he would end the charade of being a righteous uh, servant of God. In reality, we do not know why a loving wife would suggest that her husband curse God and die. The reason is not important. What we must learn from this biblical example is that Satan will use any and every opportunity available to persuade each and every one of us to sin. Just as Satan enticed Miss Job at a wicked moment, he is watching and waiting to pounce on each and every one of us at our weakest moments. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5 and 9. We must guard our thoughts and our reaction to the difficult situations that affect us. When someone messes us, we can't just lose our temper and just go off and all because we just fell right into that trap. We must... Stand firm with our love and appreciation of God. And this is something that I need prayer for, that I need to work on. Because I'm still with the old good old boy attitude. Messing me and my family, you know, and it's, it's home. But we need to, when someone starts doing this to us, just think of 
how much God loved him. Just think of what Jesus went through. Just because he loved each and every one of us. And hopefully that'll get our mind focused off from what is being used to draw us into the situation. The trials of life can either pull us closer to God or they can turn us away from God. The choice is up to each and every one of us. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord had promised to those who love him. James 1, 12 and 13. Now remember the words of Paul. No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Now you can look throughout the Bible. There's a lot of people being tried with temptation. There's a lot of people facing some kind of catastrophe. There's something going on in life. They're facing some kind of heartache, some kind of trials, tribulation, and stumbling block. But everywhere you see that in the Bible, you'll see God offered them a way out. One that should pop to our mind is look at the great flood. They knew they were losing their life. But God gave them nowhere to preach to them. He gave them the ark. That all he had to do was believe in God and get on the ark. But they waited until the last minute when it was, it was too late. We need to check our life for itself before we take, when we take it to the Lord's Supper. We need to examine ourselves. We need to use God's Word as a mirror. Examine ourselves daily and make sure that we haven't messed up. If we have messed up, don't give up hope. God didn't allow his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross just to give us one shot at it. He didn't do it to give us a license to go out and sin either. But if we mess up and repent for it, he's there to save us. Peter Pim, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment uh, for the day of judgment. 2 Peter 2 and 9. Most Christians can't resist a stranger that attempts them to sin. However, when a close family member or friend becomes Satan's tempter, our guard is down and we will fall into the devil's snare. We need to stay on guard. The question here is, are we a Miss Joe? Are we a tempter to our loved ones? A tool in Satan's arsenal? Seeking to draw God's children away? Another one to look at right quick like is, Miss Job was a tormentor. A tormentor is one who inflicts pain and agony on another. This infliction may be physical or mental, and in modern times, it's even called bullying. Not only was Miss Job a tempter to her husband, she also was his tormentor. Her lack of compassion towards him brought great uh, mental anguish. We see in Job 19 and 17, and at a time when comfort was needed, she turned away, ignoring his pleas for compassion. As one endures the affliction of this world, our family members may be the source of comfort or they may react like Miss Job and become our tormentors. This may be uh, because they too are suffering or are unable to offer compassion to others. Now, a Christ-like attitude offers compassion, kindness, and comfort to those who are suffering. We are to show kindness to one another, Ephesians 5 and 32. We are to put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and devoted bowels of mercy and kindness, 
humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, Colossians 3 and 12. Now, a compassionate person will help those in need, 1 John 3 and 17. The question here is, are you a Miss Joe? Do you add to insult, to injury when a loved one is suffering? Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, when he is tempted by the devil, Luke 4 and 8. Let us become Christ-like as we resist the devil and offer comfort and compassion to those in need. Miss Job turned her back on her husband when in a time of need. Now, uh, sometimes in our life, each and every one of us will face a, different, a difficult, heartbreaking situation. Those the cause may result from sin in our lives or it may be caused by sin in another person's life. These situations will try each and every one of us. They will test our faith in God. Now, as a husband and wife, they need to lean up, learn to lean upon one another and God for strength to endure. Miss Job failed her, uh, this test here. Instead of gaining strength from each other as they suffered the loss of the children and lost their possession and Job's health and all, she turned her back on Job. And then we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4, where it said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble and with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. God is our strength and our comfort, and we use this strength to comfort our loved one. Now, among the greatest uh, tolls on, on a marriage are the tragedies that come. If a husband and wife do not comfort these with a united effort comforting each other, hurt and despair often drive a wedge between the two. And when this happens, it is difficult to repair the marriage into a loving home once again. Now, when tragedies come, turn to God and one another for strength. The question here again, are you a Miss Joe? Do you turn away from those hurting and in need? Now in conclusion, Job never condemned his wife for her behavior. When he spoke to her, uh, spoke to her he lovingly encouraged her to change her attitude. Just as Brother Reggie taught us in our, our first hour and all, we are to pray for those who are who are ter tormenting us or pray for the, our enemies and pray for each other. The last chapter of Job ends with God restoring to Job all that he had lost. His possessions were doubled. He was blessed with seven more sons and three more daughters. Job 42, 10 and 17. Now here's where some commentators uh, uh, disagree with you. Some commentators suggest that uh, the second set of children is to a second wife since the first uh, since the uh, okay. since the last mention of Miss Job's wife interacting with Job was in 19 and 17 when she uh, encouraged him to curse God and die. That's pretty much the last you hear about it. But this is an example of God choosing to leave out the details that are unnecessary to our understanding of these passages, Deuteronomy 29, 29, also 2 Peter 1 and 3. I kind of like to throw the optimistic point here, and I like to thank Job's kindness and his encouragements to his wife helped her change her attitude. And she, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and thinking that she returned to a loving relationship with God and her husband. Job's reference to his wife in 31 and 10 
uh, certainly shows a love and concern for her. What better example of a kind word turning away wrath, Proverbs 15 and 1, that, to exhibit, that was exhibited by Job towards his wife. Now, Mr. and Miss Job suffered great cal calamities in their lives. One turned to God for strength. The other allowed the devil or Satan to overtake her and use her against Job. Now, while we may sympathize with Miss Job, we cannot condone her behavior. Miss Job is a character that we should not emulate. We should. But from what whom we can learn what not to do in a similar situation. I hope that when we are faced with some trials and uh, temptation, that we will think upon what God has told each and every one of us to do, to show loving kindness one to another. If the devil's tempting you and you stepped out of your way, you need the prayers and encouragement of the congregation. Maybe you need, uh, need to be baptized, become a child of God. Whatever the need may be, we ask you to come forward this time and we'll stand and sing our song of invitation. <laughs>